Welcome to West Let's Get Lit with Dr. H and myself, Dr. K. Today we're going to go into a subject that I know I have a passion for. Dr. H has one too. It's social consciousness, corporate sustainability. You may have heard of it differently. Some people have put this as part of ethics. It may also be part of um giving back to the community. But there is a need and there is a growing need for companies to show that they are committed and they are showing responsibility when it comes down to the environment, social issues. It's just becoming a big thing, especially here in the United States. And as activism is increasing in the areas of climate, gun control, the Me Too movement, Black Lives Movement, all of these different uh, areas, agendas that people have that they want to see change in, there is a push on businesses to make some hardcore decisions to take a stand and it can affect their bottom line. So companies, especially here in the United States, I would say, are increasingly recognizing a need to commit to corporate responsibility, socially and environmentally. Now, Doc, the two big ones that I want to start with that we have seen in the U.S. over the past, what, four, five, six years that were in the limelight who took a risk. It, it, it is a risk to your business. It's a risk to your b bottom line. Two companies that we saw that took a risk when they made a social responsibility decision. They, they, they put it in their Actually, they did make it part of their ethics, their standards, and they wrote, went with it. And that's Nike and mm -hmm. Elon Tusk. What am I talking about? Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Yep. That was a stand for a social justice issue. Okay. Right. Elon Musk, on the other hand, took a stance when it came down to global warming. He took a chance, and that was in 2017. So I don't know if everyone knows the story, but Nike made a decision to stand by Colin Kaepernick when he took the knee. Short term, it looked like Nike took a blow because there was much controversy when Colin Kaepernick took the knee concerning the flag and concerning what it represented, talking about injustice, okay? Mm -hmm. So, you know, people wanted Nike to cancel Kaepernick's contract. Kaepernick said, no, I'm, I'm, it's not that he was against the flag, but he was saying that there were aspects of our flag that were offensive because the Americans' founding fathers refused to, refu refused to free their slaves. He was looking at the injustice as far as police brutality, 
under the American flag. He wanted Nike to remove, you know, things that had to do with the flag off of their products, off of their band. So as these events unfolded in our culture and in politics all across America, we saw people wanting to boycott Nike and telling you, don't buy Nike, don't do this. And of course, we know Colin Kaepernick, you know, once he got out of the NFL, we saw how that, you know, just affected him so negatively. Okay. Then you look at Elon Musk, he, the CEO of Tesla back in 2017, he makes this big decision concerning his stance on global warming. At the same time, he was developing a friendship with the then then president or president-elect Donald Trump, who became our president. Mm -hmm. And so his, his ethical stance was, listen, I want to do something about the environment. So he was committed and is committed to the electrical vehicle. Once he made that decision, of course, it, it, in fact, it, it impacted his relationship with Donald Trump. It went sour. You know mm-hmm. how that could go. Um, and some of the decisions that Donald Trump made in office when it came down to, uh, some policies with China involving trade and even his environment. It became costly for Elon Musk. He lost quite a bit of money. Uh-huh. I think he like several million dollars he lost in 2018. Right. So companies who make a commitment are now having to recognize that their commitment to social consciousness and to corporate sustainability responsibility they now have to they now realize that there are risks involved um as we look at these two companies and we know that there are many more mm-hmm. what's your take on as these companies stand on injustice climate or even energy and the effect on their bottom line do you think that this will be uh what I call a bandwagon moment, or do you think this this is going to be a stance that will be around with companies long term or is this short term? You know, it's it's hard to say, Mom. And I, I say that because I think there are some companies who are committed like the Nikes, but though Nike has been about that life for a long time. It's just like Ben and Jerry's. It's been, it's fundamental. It's either fundamental or it isn't. I think that it will be a bandwagon issue. I think it will be a fad for some companies in that there's this whole socialpreneur movement mm-hmm. that's really been kicking up steam for, for at least the past 10 years. So I think that there are people being socially conscious and they're starting businesses that are socially conscious. So it's fundamental to them while there are others who have been in business for years. And I mean, we're talking about 50 year old companies, 100 year old companies yes. who have for a long time turned their eyes, their faces to the wall because it didn't benefit them financially. But now they're forced 
to do so because of the socialpreneur movement, because there's so much going on, mostly attributed to social media and, you know, camera phones and all of this stuff that now it's forced them to turn their face away from the wall and add a component. So it's not perfunctory, but you're still going to have that, that performative response to social consciousness. And I would say that that's going to be, that's going to be determined by the people, to be honest, because it's still the consumer who determines, you know, a business's fate. What do I mean by that? People are not begging companies to take their money anymore. People are really looking for companies whose values align with theirs and that's who they're supporting. There's the whole, you know, support black owned and all this kind of stuff going on right now. And I say, hey, take advantage, do what you got to do. But I think that in the long run, companies like Tesla, they're going to make it because it's fundamental. I, I said, I think I said it in the last show. I love that he was willing to give away his technology for free with, you know, the electric vehicles because he cares and he really believes about, you know, saving the planet from emissions and all of these different things. I appreciate that. So that loss, I think it was close to a billion dollars that he lost, you know, that Elon Musk lost back in 2018 or so, whatever. In the long run, He's going to make that up millions times over. I think that in looking at companies like Nike, again, they've always been about social consciousness in one way or another. Even when it came down to, you know, the controversy with them, there's still some controversy with them and, you know, child labor and, you know, that kind of stuff. But guess what? Has that stopped them? No. They're no strangers to controversy. They just know how to respond and handle it. And I think that they're not afraid to stand up. Again, the, you know, Ben and Jerry's, they're not afraid to stand up for what they believe in because it's at the root. It's at the heart of their business. So I think that as we see 50 year old companies, 100 year old companies bandwagon from turning their face to the wall, choosing to ignore these issues because it is taboo. It can affect your bottom line, especially if you're on the wrong side, quote unquote, of history. It can affect you. But this is not a day and age, especially with social media and camera phones and all these different things where you can bury your head in the sand anymore. You can't turn your face to the wall. The people, life demands a response. And if you don't respond, silence, to a lot of people is consent. So guess what? I'm going to take my money and my business elsewhere. And you may not feel it, feel that one person makes a difference, but eventually one person builds up to a hundred, which builds up to a thousand. And next thing you know, your business is, your business is closed. And if you don't believe that old, that companies have been around for a long time won't close, Blockbuster. Nobody really yes. believed that Blockbuster was going to go under, but Redbox showed up, Netflix showed up. Blockbuster failed to shift, boom. If you fail to shift or add this component of social justice, whether it's social justice or sustainability, you're going to be left behind. And and don't think that 50-year-old companies, 100-year-old companies won't close because they do all the time. Case in point, a restaurant here that's in Hollywood, Florida, Jack's Diner been open forever. 
like 30, yes. 40 years. I love that place. Jack's Diner is closed, baby. Closed and the whole restaurant is up for sale. So don't think that just because your business has been around forever, longevity means nothing today without something to stand on. It will affect your bottom line. It absolutely will affect your bottom line. So I don't think that it's, it's, I think it's twofold. Yeah, it's going to be some people that's bandwagon and they're going to move on or think they're going to move on. But I think that this whole concept of social entrepreneurship, whether it's a social justice component or you have a um, climate component, energy, whatever, I think that it's here to say. And you've got to find your space and find your voice as a business owner or you're going to get left behind because the people are going to demand something of you. What? Don't let the people dictate to you. You figure out your sweet spot. What's your passion point? Elon Musk has a pain point and he, and he hit it. It's energy. Yes. It's climate. Nike has a pain point. Their pain point is social justice. Doing what's right. Equity, equality. Look, they have a history of it. Ben and Jerry's, they got a whole long list of it. You got to mm-hmm. find your voice and figure it out. Yes. Now, this is the thing when I said I like this subject because it reminds me so much of when I was with the government and I worked in the area of information security. And in information security, one of the things that we had to stress to management was the need to do risk assessment so that you could know what That's what right. your threats are That's right. and That's right. what you can afford. In business, what we're saying now basically is when you do a business plan and when you do your business risk assessment, you're now going to need to add in a line item which you may not have had in the past Mm -hmm. that deals with the subjects of environmental, social, and governance of these initiatives that you're going to take a stand on. You're going to need to build this in, in your business plan. If you're just starting a business and you have some fundamental beliefs concerning social injustice, and you want to build this in, that's a line item. You need to look at what the value is and put some estimates and some numbers on it. Do it up front. That's right. So this may have been something that years ago you didn't do, but now you've got to do it. When you build your risk assessment, this is a line item that needs to be put in your risk assessment. What can we afford? What are the threats? Again, you say social media. Listen, we're in the age of information, mm-hmm. technology all over the world, everything. Where once we know that companies uh, from the U.S., they go overseas and they get cheap labor. We know that. We've mm-hmm. been knowing that. Right. The reason that's not bothering people so much as other issues is because We knew that when these companies left the U.S., they were going to these other countries for cheap labor. Now, what's happening is it's not so much the cheap labor as the conditions of those workers in those foreign countries. 
Now that is becoming an issue. So yeah, you may want cheap labor, but you're not going to treat these people any kind of way and have them working in poor conditions. Okay. So you got to bring the, their working conditions up to par. Again, that's a social consciousness that now this has to be built in. Mm -hmm. When you also, there's a thing in information security where we talk about continuity of operations. If something happens in your business, such as the pandemic, here's something that happened. If there is a pandemic, how, how will you recover from a pandemic? Okay. Mm-hmm. These are things that businesses probably didn't have as a line item that they really now will need to think about. So increasingly, uh, business are going to have to change, uh, how they look at and how they not only look at and how, but how they value the the, the numerics that they place on each of these that they take a stand on. Right. Now, there is a push. There is and has been a push for companies uh, to show in their profitability statements, they, they want them to show mm-hmm. their social and environmental performances. That's good. There are now companies that organizations that are out there that are rating, uh, businesses in these areas. The Dow Jones Sustainability Index is out there. Um, Robaco Sam, that's what they're calling. It's an investment specialist. They focus exclusively on sustainability investing. Now, here's the difference. Rebecca Sam looks at big business, and I mean huge businesses. You have to be invited by them to participate in their corporate sustainability assessment. There's a questionnaire that they sent out, and about 3,400 companies are on it. Okay, so it's kind of what we call exclusive, but these 3,400 companies that they're inviting, these are million billion dollar companies. Okay, and they're saying we don't want just your financial report, we want to know how well you are doing concerning sustainability, and they're scoring you, and they provide a annual report on how well these companies are doing. Uh, to be listed in the yearbook, they have to be in the top 15% of their industry. And they have to achieve a score within 30% of their industry's top performing company. Now, Robaco Sam is global. It's not just for the U.S. They give their report. It's by region. In 2020, when they rated the world's most sustainable companies, it found that most of those companies were in Europe, not in the United States. That tells us something. 198 European companies, companies were found to be in 
that report and they were all in Europe. Okay. In North America, 14 out of the 82 companies that were invited that made the top 15% received what they call gold medals. The companies that made that top 15% in the U.S., I, I, I was surprised to be surprised to, to tell you the truth. It was Abbott Laboratories, Agilent Technologies, uh, Ball Corporation, Hewitt Packer, Humana, Lockheed Martin, Newmount Mounting, and Owens Corning. These companies, you know, you're going, who in the world is that? But they were invited. My thing is not only were they invited, they were willing. That's the thing to fill out the assessment. There are some who they invited that refused to complete the assessment. So the very fact that a company is willing to say, I'm not only willing to tell you about my money, I'm willing to show you and tell you about what I'm passionate about. Right. If you say my, my fundamental ethics when it comes down to the environment, social justice, I'm, I'm willing to put that on, on the line. Um, McCormick and Company is in Maryland. And I found out that they are, they were named the world's sixth most sustainable company. Okay. Mm -hmm. And number one in the package and processed foods ingredient sector mm -hmm. in 2021. Now, this was for the global 100 sustainability index. This is an entirely different index. This index, the, the company, it said that McCormick advanced 16 spots, which means they went up. Uh, 16 spots, which means they're improving. Right. So when I saw this, I went out to the McCormick page and looked at what they were doing concerning sustainability. McCormick is so vested in this. They have an entire department, a, an entire program dedicated to sustainability. Right. That's a cost. Remember, I said you got to build this into your 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 business plan. You've got to build this in and put a value on it. And that's that that to me is is awesome. That's terrific because that's telling me McCormick has an invest a vested interest in sustainability. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and they're willing to 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 set aside monies to make sure that that what they believe in is is uh is being what conveyed throughout not only the organization but their stakeholders their co customers their partners and everyone knows where where there's where they stand right um the Dow Jones is is like I said that's another one so there are some organizations that are out there that are assessing and rating companies on their social consciousness. My concern is 
What about businesses like McDonald's and Burger King, Sam's and Costco's? You know, the, the ones I call them the mom paws, even, um, your local, your down, down south where you are, you got Publix. Up here in Baltimore, we got Wegmans and Food Lions. Right. You know, what companies are out there that are rating these businesses as far as what they say they're committed to, to the community and, and sustainability? If, if I want to go out there and check to see their ratings or how where they're doing, is there really th- anything out there for companies of this size? Do you know? I don't think so. I haven't seen any. Um, and it was a good, it's, it's good to take a look. I know that, um, usually I just go look at their investor relations reports because here's the thing. Once you hit the Dow, when mm-hmm. you become a publicly traded company, you got to be very transparent. So I like to look at the investor relations reports because you got to be very specific about every little thing. So like you said about the line items, if you say that you're committed to sustainability, you have to be transparent on exactly what you're doing. Uh, are you hitting that target market? But as far as anybody actually rating that against certain metrics, I don't know because it would be, that would mean somebody has to create those metrics. And I don't know that that actually exists at this point. The other thing is it might exist, but like you said, it's up to the, it's up to the executives to respond to those surveys. So there's a lot of different things out there, but I will say this Harvard Business Review is really good at, um, having case studies, having their students, their MBA students do case studies. And I found one on Burger King. And this was, mind you now, this was back in 2016. So it's about five years old, but. Uh, I don't know what they've done up to this point, but it says Burger King sustainability efforts are barely trying. So that was back in 2016. So, um, and they compared them obviously to McDonald's and they, you know, were talking about how they were, you know, falling behind McDonald's. But I think now, you know, you've seen that they got the, what is it? They, they've got the impossible burger. They have all these different things, but I think there's more to sustainability than switching out meat. You know what I mean? It's how mm-hmm. you're sourcing your food options. I remember, you know, everybody remembers a couple of years ago when Chipotle had that food uh, outbreak because of the food that they sourced in. It was uh, particularly produce, onions and tomatoes that they sourced in the Midwest that came out a, of a supplier out of Mexico. So even though, even though Chipotle had a plan in place, um, yeah. There's still always cracks in the armor. There's always kinks in the armor where things fall through. So when those lawsuits and everything happened, they were still able to show that they had a process for vetting their suppliers. And it was something that happened between in the supply chain between the supplier and the delivery. And, you know, something happened in that in that process. But if they didn't have that in place, they really would have had a worse, I think it would have been far worse than what it ended up being. But um, when when it comes down to looking to see if these companies have a sustainability plan in place in the first place, the first place you want to look at is their investor relations. If they are a publicly traded company, look at their investor relations page and look at those documents. Uh, I always look at, obviously, the most recent one. 
because I want to see where, what are you doing currently? I don't really care what you did five and two years ago because that's not relevant. What are you doing right now in the present? And if your investor relations report does not tell me that you're doing anything currently, that means that it's not important to you and I need to move on from you. And to me, the best person to rate a company based off of their sustainability or their social consciousness is you because you know what hits home to you, not not a company that's taking up data um, that can be used in different ways. So I think the best way is to just go to their website and look up their investor relations report. Now, with that said, a small mom and pop that is not publicly traded, it's going to be a lot difficult to do. But at the same time, if they're local in your area, you can just go see for yourself. Don't be lazy. If it's if it matters to you, get up, go and see for yourself and go check it out. That's correct. Correct. That's bottom line of that. Just get up, go check it out for yourself and 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 measure them against what is important to you. You and I think that's the beauty about mom and pops, especially locally owned. You can sit down nine times out of 10. You can sit down with the owner and have conversation. And maybe you could give them an idea that they didn't think about that can help them grow their business locally. Yes. And one of the things with our local stores Mm -hmm. is I've noticed that they have inside the store, they tell you, if it's locally grown, where they're getting it from. Right. You know, so that's, that's transparency. Mm -hmm. They may not be on the dial. Okay. But they're still being transparent in what they're saying. So if they're saying we're, we're community and we buy local, then they're transparent about where they're getting their, their, their produce from their, their supply and their, their chain. And so that's a good thing. That right. that's a good thing. And you know, again, whether they are, uh, for as I say, are, are they being upfront or not? Right now, activism. We we've said that word quite a bit. Shareholders are now even pushing companies again to to take a stand. So companies. And brands are being influenced not only by their customers, but the shareholders. Right. right? And corporate activism is now something that's, that's happening because now we see, again, especially in the U.S., we're seeing where there are companies who are actively, okay, uh, uh, promoting their stance and they're actually advocating on Capitol Hill, uh, at their state level, government policy and the things that they want to see change. Right. For example, when Walmart stopped selling rifles, you know, <laughs> that was a major change. Was it controversial? Yes. Boy, them people went crazy. But the company wanted to distance themselves from the firearm industry after all of the mass shootings, especially right. those at the schools. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, after another mass shooting, the CEO, Doug McMillan, he engaged in corporate activism when he called on lawmakers to enact stricter gun control measures. 
Yeah. That's a big state. Walmart has not lost their followings. If anything, I believe they saw more foot traffic coming yes. in to their stores because, listen, they took a stand. Yes, it was they definitely a, a surge. They had a surge. And, and mm -hmm. Yes, and it was a visible stand. Here's the thing. just something they've done. Yes. Here's the thing. People really thought that the NRA had more pull. I think the NRA thought they had more pull and authority. But people got sick of kids dying at school. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. At the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas here in Parkland, and it's right around the corner from where I live, so I know, and it's still a crime scene. These kids yeah. got to go to school to a crime scene every day. See. Enough was enough. And I like that he was gutsy because he wasn't the only one. While he start, he, he initiated, but other stores followed. Yes. So he wasn't the only one, but he made a bold stand against the NRA and stood up to lawmakers to say something has to be done because I'm tired of seeing kids dying in school. They go to school. They shouldn't be afraid to go to school. They shouldn't be doing gun drills. Like when we grew up, the only drills we did were for hurricanes and tornadoes. Now they actually do gun drills. Elementary school kids should not have to be doing a drill against a gun, somebody bringing a gun to school. And I think that what Doug McMillan did was very um, groundbreaking and bold. And pe where people thought that, oh, people, because you had people saying, I ain't shopping at Walmart no more. Okay, but they're not going to miss your dollars because guess what? That move spoke to parents that said, you care about me, I'm coming to shop in your store. And so you saw a massive surge of people still shopping at Walmart and people who didn't shop at Walmart before start shopping at Walmart. So I think that you you can't be afraid to stand up to, to big businesses like the NRA who is currently, who currently filed bankrupt. Yes. And, <laughs> and like you said, with that, it really created a domino effect. Okay. It yes, really it did. did. Mm -hmm. It was a domino effect. That was, that's, that was, that, is a good example of corporate activism. Now, recently, Amazon, Coca-Cola, Nike, Facebook, and Uber, they pledged large donations to racial inequality and criminal justice reform. Right. Okay? So now this is making them participants in corporate activism. Like you say, now people got cameras. We, you know, we, we carry cameras. Everything is on your phone. So if I walk into a store or if I see on your website something that goes against what you're saying, it's out there on social media right away. So what Walmart did was saying, we're not selling rifles. Imagine if I go into a Walmart store and see rifles for sale. Someone takes a picture. It's going to reflect, wait a minute, I thought you said this, but you're doing something else. Mm -hmm. So when you take a stance like this, your entire corporation, no matter where you are globally, have to uh, make sure that they are carrying out what you are believing. If one, just one store goes against the grain, it can hurt the entire corporation. So with these 
with these donations that were made by Nike and Facebook and all of them, don't you know people are now watching them to see whether they're really going to be consistent in their stance concerning racial inequality and criminal justice reform. There are people watching. There are what in the U.S. There are watch groups out there mm-hmm. watching to see whether or not you're going to do what you're saying you're going to do. Shareholder activism is uh is another one that that's big here in the U.S. and that's being also that's a pressure that's coming to brands because shareholders are also customers. Mom, we're at 36 here. minutes. Okay. So we need to take a look mm-hmm. at not when you're in business, you right. really need to consider on your business plan, your risk assessments, any of your plans for four, five, ten years in your vision. You need to add this line item. If you haven't, you need to really put that line in item in there because it will affect your profitability. Yes, it will. It will affect it. So uh we're urging you today, as you look at your uh your ethics, your core values, and you want to put them out there, what you stand for, if you stand for any of these things that fall into the realm of environment or social injustice, make sure that this is communicated throughout your organization. We challenge you entrepreneurs to incorporate social consciousness in your business and risk assessment plan. Thank you for listening to us. Have a great day. Go get lit. Shift paradigms. Break glass ceilings. Love you. Till next week, have a great time. Bye. Bye.